0: Welcome to the Greenway Associates podcast with your host, Wayne Greenway. We hope you enjoy this episode. To find out more about our services and previous projects, head over to our website, greenwayassociates.co.uk.
1: Morning, morning, morning. This morning we have Dale Burridge, and he's joining me on podcast number six. And it is Greenway Associates, working with Green Associates, a homeowner's perspective. Morning, Dale. Only mine. Good, good, good. Good to have you with me. And as I said, our sixth podcast. So of course, I have a few questions for you. My first question, Dale, is how do we know each other, and why did you choose to work with Greenway Associates?
0: So, how did we know each other, and why did I choose to? Why did I choose Greenway Associates? I suppose how we know each other is because I chose you. Um, we selected you as the. Uh, As the architects when we set out on that process um i'm trying to think back to how how did you find me yeah yeah i'm trying to think back um i can't remember if there were i remember i remember starting off and i I never had any um i I didn't know anybody locally that came with recommendations you know that I, i don't really i didn't have many friends that had had building work done so we i think we started um quite early on just really from scratch just looking at people that had worked locally and i remember i'm sure i found you on a search engine i'm sure i found you just through general searches of people in the area and i remember reading through loads of the reviews and looking through your instagram looking through all of your profile pics and looking at everything that you had done and been involved in um and you know it was a case of right let's you know i think looking at looking at what you did and and what the firm did um i think we were quite pleased with how it all looked and you know when we first spoke it was a, a really good first impression and um, I think you know you gave us the confidence that um, you know what we wanted was gonna get put into paper and that you'd put it all into the plans and that ultimately is why we,
1: we appointed you as the architect was awesome um, awesome that's that's very good to hear because I do spend time and effort into into promoting myself. Someone told me this once. If you have apples for sale and you don't have a sign that says, I have apples for sale. No one would know you have apples for sale. Yeah. So some people take their apples to the marketplace, uh, a, a building. I think of the Caribbean setting on the tin shed. And it says, apples, $1. Then you can know there apples for sale. So I have put my sale for sale sign on the internet. So people yeah. can search me, Instagram, Twitter. And I use um, social media to let people know that I have apples for sale. So thank you for reading my sign and thank you for having the confidence in in, in selecting us. So just tell us what is it you've done to your home? Why first? Why did you need to change your home? And then what is it you've done to your home? So we've lived in the house for uh,
0: about seven, nearly coming up to seven years. And I think since we moved in, um, the one part of the house that we were never completely happy with was the the kitchen um, You know, we had a kitchen dine we had a kitchen diner knocked through many years ago by previous owners but our kitchen had been extended by the previous previous owner but we felt as though they'd left a real dead space in what the old kitchen was and so for us um, we always you know w- since we moved into the house we've grown as a family and we've now got two children um and for us we spend i think probably like a lot of families we spend a lot of time cooking and talking and eating in the same room Mm -hmm. Um, and for us our current kitchen just didn't really facilitate that it just didn't have the space it didn't have you know there was never space for a table and chairs a breakfast nothing it was just kitchen space it was just kitchen prep area Mm -hmm. and so that was what really drove us to do some work um and what we've got planned is essentially um a reasonable extension to the current kitchen floor space a movement internal movement of a of a, of a, of a toilet from that space to under the stairs um and a bit of a, a rejig upstairs in our suite which really was just getting it it was just getting it into the works it wasn't really the, the the most important part but the biggest part for us was a complete opening and extension of the of the kitchen space so that, it could have an island prep space a dining table you know and it could accommodate what we wanted
1: i, I like how you so eloquently describe it because what you what you purchased was a victorian style design the mm. victorian design is that the kitchen is a place for cooking food and it is part of what in my architecture training they call it the served and the servant spaces where the kitchen is a servant space mm-hmm. you do yeah. nothing in the kitchen other than cook food mm-hmm. and take it outside to the other places where you dine and entertain but that's a victorian ethos a, a victorian way of thinking yeah the modern contemporary way of thinking is that the kitchen is the heart of the home where a lot of celebration takes place interacting with family when 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 they, whether it's christmas or you know other celebrating event birthdays or whatever there's that buzz of activity around the kitchen. That's why there's a kitchen aisle and an open plan. So when you came to me and you said that you wanted to change, that's exactly what I thought of listening to you. And that I said, this is the solution that would allow your family to come together. So, So, and you've so eloquently described it. So wonderful. Next question for you, sir. What part of the process would you say was very crucial and that you were happy that green resources was on board. Um,
0: for me, I think one of the biggest parts, particularly of the design process, was um, was having something that that was practical and mm-hmm. and actually, you know, works in in real life in terms of you know, little things like that, where the toilet is, how much space you have for it. Um, I think that probably was the most important part for me because everything else i mean okay you get into the construction that's another world but Mm. i think particularly with with where you've come in it's been helping us and i think i think you know to be honest you know a kitchen extension you know i think your ideas and thoughts about the placement of bifold doors um you know the kitchen the 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 roof lights that you know in our minds i think we started this with a very crude um image of what the kitchen would look like you know in our minds it was probably just a we thought we could have you know something that maybe wasn't necessarily practical or feasible mm. and i think what you did was you you kind of brought us back to brought us back to earth with what what's a practical plan mm. but also said you know look, these are the alternatives so what you wanted out of what you wanted out of that arrangement you can still have it just in a slightly different format so i think having that, that alternative way of thinking. And I think that was it for us. And, you know, my example was the back wall. We thought we would have bifold doors, the full span of the back door. But your point, your practical point that, you know, to get it signed off by building regs, you end up with steps that took you to the edge of your patio. And then there's a five foot drop. Is that really what you're looking for? Whereas your suggestion of, you know, filling the back wall with floor to ceiling windows and having bifolding doors on the side meant that we. Didn't have to interfere with what would be left of the patio. We'd still get all the light in, which was our key point, point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and we still got a set of bifolding doors that opened onto a patio. So
1: exactly. And your yeah. wife wanted a, a, an area for some flowers, so this still has that area yeah. where she can get her flowers. I remember that and was And so you can important. still make use out of what's left of the patio. It, yes. it almost becomes yes. a you know quite
0: a decent sized balcony now. So um, yes, it does. Yes, it yeah. Does. So yeah, perfect,
1: perfect. Okay, so. I'm really glad that you mentioned that because uh, the, the whole process, the process of design, uh, 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 design is not just the artifice stuff, you know, that's quite, you know, you know, flamboyant stuff. Design has to be functional. In, in my architecture training, form follows function. That's what they say. Form, the design form must follow something. It must be trying to achieve something with a pure design not mm-hmm. designed for design's sake. So you, when listening to you, you gave me all the constraints and it is from the constraints that you gave me. This is what I'm trying to achieve. And I said, aha, how can we achieve that with a clever design? So design form follows the actual function. Form follows function is what the architect training says. All right. So I was really glad that you mentioned that. So in your... How would you say your experiences? How has your experience been so far? And of course, I'm sure there has been a little pitfall, But in general, tell us about your experience working with Green Associates. Um, so I think from the beginning,
0: it, it at the beginning, the first time we started to have calls and conversations, and you came around, you did measurements, talked about all of our needs and requirements. That you know that that definitely for us, you know, being a first time for us ever working with an architect and go, you know, starting a project, um, certainly I think you gave us, made us feel comfortable and gave us confidence. Um, I think then, you know, it it then turned into a case of let's see, you know, then it's the, the real part of let's see what these, you know, let's see what the drawings look like. Let's see what, what ideas there are. And, you know, and that, you know, as I've just said, you know, um, I think you opened our minds to, uh you know some of the more practical um solutions that would be needed and and how they for how they met the purposes that were behind what we were doing and and working with you i think that that you know that that for us I say uh, i think i said enough back in the last point that, mm. that that was a huge help for us yes. um and you know just having that that perspective on what our needs were really um helped us and and, and i think i think it meant you know what it, what it really meant was that we i think, got to, you know, we concluded on what the designs fundamentally needed to look like quite mm. quickly. You know, mm. re- the reality was that, um, you know, w- w- we knew qu- fairly quickly what that needed to look like. And, and again, that from a, from a you know, from a getting the project moving perspective um, worked really well. Awesome. Um, and then COVID hit and, you know, everybody at some point, you know, at some point in that period of time, I think, you know, I think we we had we had it. I think you guys um, suffered. Yeah, one of my th- one of my
1: team members got it, and exactly. threw, him, threw him threw him on the bus for about a month. And you know, and
0: I think that was probably a point in time where probably most of the country was at a bit of a standstill. Um, so you know that that that, but that's no by no means um, anything to do with you. I'm certainly not blaming you for COVID. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> um, And then you know and then really it was just it was then kicking off with all the the realities i think going through what what became i think now the realities of getting things moving and you know getting building control drawing signed off going through some of the finer details getting building control getting planning applications finalized and submitted and um you know and i think going through that process what's been really helpful for me is i think the the contact with you wayne um you know I've, i've spoken to you recently and um, you know, sometimes getting hold of contractors and and different third parties through this process can be challenging. Mm. And uh, I've always found that you've been very accessible. And you know, I've never, I don't feel I, I don't feel I've ever had to really keep chasing to just get hold of you. You know, you, I think you've always. Uh, if not answered the call, called me back fairly quickly. And uh, and that makes a difference. You know, I think that makes quite a difference. Yeah.
1: Um, Thank you for hearing that. Thank you for saying that. And and, and you have started construction. You started last week. So yes. actually everything that we have done, all my drawings, all of that, really is for that point to start construction. Yeah. Because it is nothing other than a piece of paper and a piece of artwork if it is not constructed. It's just, yeah. just a piece of artwork and a piece of paper so we have started construction that's so that's wonderful okay so then what advice would you give to someone maybe a relative maybe a friend if they say ah i want to do an extension how would you how would you guide them what would you say to them a family friend a cousin a brother whatever would you encourage them or you say stay away from that stuff it's a nightmare
0: no i i I think from my experience i'd probably the first thing i'd do is say put your options on the table and and make sure it's the right thing to do that meets your needs and then commit to it Mm. um because i think you know we part way through our process we i wouldn't say we had cold feet but we certainly with everything that's been going on with properties and the property market locally we certainly wanted to see what that meant for us with respect to would it be more economical or less stressful to just move and and not go not see the process through you know mm-hmm. take the costs that we'd incurred and move and and the result of that was no it's you know we 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 bought this house for what we liked and you know we should commit to what we're doing here and i think you know had at the beginning had we really put all of those options on the table and and seen them through and then stuck to our commitment i think that's one thing is whatever you whatever you think you're doing don't don't enter it half-heartedly commit to what you're going to do and stick to it throughout um i think it's inevitable that there's always going to be challenges whatever they are whether it's meaty challenges like planning permission or building control or party wall you know, they're, they're to me some of the probably more the technical challenges you might face. But yes. then you'll be faced with the the more, you know, what kind of bricks do you want? Um, you know, what do you want this fence to look like? Um, you know, you'll be posed with those kind of challenges. And so yes, you know. yes. that, that, that's I think that's a, you have to accept. You know, I think be prepared that you are going to be asked a million and one questions from day one to, yes. you know, and, and I'm not even, you know, look, we're not even nowhere near complete. No, you just started near, last week. But you, you accept that um, you suddenly have to become uh, a very quick decision maker. Yes. So my so, advice is everything I've stick said. Stick to it.
1: Yeah. So, so there is definitely a rule of thumb where it says it is cheaper to improve than yeah. to move. With the cost of stamp duty, solicitor's fees and all the other things that are related to purchasing a property and moving, you have to put all this stuff into storage or removal vans. It is, it's cheaper to improve your own house yeah. than to buy a new house. Cheaper to improve a house from being a three bed, putting a loft conversion and getting a four bed or five bed than moving from your location and buying a five bed elsewhere. Definitely cheaper to yeah. add more value. So then my question again, second, my penultimate question is, would you do it again, sir? Would you do it again? If you, were yeah. the, if you follow whatever family you decide to move to Manchester, yeah. for whatever reason, would you do it again in another house, another location? I would do it again.
0: But what the experiences would make me do different or, or how this experience would make me think differently in the future is that when I if I was gonna buy another house in the future, mm-hmm. I would be part of my buying process, I would now be considering the practical implications of building. So ah. so so when we bought this, we didn't really think too deeply about the reality of doing any extension work to the house. So we just bought it and it yes. you know it, it met our purposes and then as we lived in it for longer It was kind of like oh you know let's do some work and then and then all of the the challenges and the the, you know some of the challenges all start to come out you know and face you i think if you know i would certainly never i would always consider doing work to a house again in the future Mm -hmm. but i think what i would do is next you know if i was going to buy another house i would be considering you know okay what's the kind of work that we might envisage doing yeah. And are there any major, you know, it's like, for example, if you were in a terraced house and you wanted to do some sort of a loft extension, and it meant getting party wall agreements in place with both, you know, both of your neighbours, is, mm. is that really what, you know, is that what you want to plan for? Because, you know, of the circumstances, that's going to become quite a challenging process. That's mm. probably what it's done. So yes, definitely would do it again, would never shy away from doing building work again, but it would probably influence having been through the experience so far, it would influence um, where I might choose to buy in the future. Mm-hmm.
1: That's a very good answer. Okay, Dale, we have come to the end, I'm afraid to say, but as always, my last question, what is your favorite building in the world? So I'd be curious, I'd be interested to see if anyone's ever
0: answered anything of this of this kind, and I was thinking about it. Um, i've been to china and the forbidden city um i found the it's not i suppose it's not really a single a single building it's uh it's a collection of buildings across quite a an area of land but i just found the i've never really been a huge fan of tall buildings and um you know i live in quite a suburban area that's got no high-rise buildings and you know when you look at the Forbidden City in Beijing, it's um, it's all pretty much single story with a couple of slightly taller buildings, but just the, 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 the style, the design, the layout, the grandeur of the whole thing um, and the the traditional methods used to make it, um, that, that attracts me to it. So The Forbidden City in Beijing.
1: Awesome. I think I need to do some research. I have heard of it, but I've never really digested or looked into it in detail, so... That is my homework, so thank you, sir. The Forbidden City Invasion. So Dale, thank you for um, being my guest on today, the sixth podcast, and it is, Working with Greenway Associates, A homeowner Perspective. Thank you very much, and bye-bye. Thanks, Wayne. Thank you for listening
0: to the Greenway Associates podcast. Don't forget to subscribe before you leave and check out our social media
1: platforms that can be found on our website greenwayassociates.co.uk